right, so uh, going live with the first episode of the Creative Ass Adults podcast. Uh, my name is Zay Sadler. I'm wildly excited to uh, have uh, my, my friend, uh, collaborator, and, uh, and, and and cousin on this show, uh, Mr. Rahim Adegbi. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. All I'm right. doing real good. You sound good on here, too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Heard um, that before. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, just uh, going right into everything. Essentially, uh, the podcast, we're going to try to do it once a week. It's really just gonna be chill. It's gonna be hangout. It's gonna be sessions. Just essentially smoking and just talking about bullshit I've heard about throughout the week. Um, you know, anything you might have uh, that you want to get off your chest or talk about, or anything you might have heard about, whether that be pop culture or something just going on in your own personal life. You just like, man, that that made a um, a uh, effect on me this week, and I, you know, I got something to say about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh, what I've decided is gonna be like my intro to everything. And I try to be like the same question that I ask everybody if I have a guest or uh, if it's just me, um, what I've done. Uh, what is the last thing that you listened to, watched, and the last thing that you read? Um, no, you know, stipulations on what that thing is. It can be anything you read, anything you watched, anything that you heard. Okay. The last thing that I watched that was pretty interesting was, um, well, I just saw the Joker movie. Oh shit! I was at. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was very. I was open minded, and it took me a lot of places. I didn't know what to expect, and um, I thought I thought it was pretty cool. Okay. That was pretty cool. Have you seen it? I heard. I have not seen it yet. I want to go see it. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews. Um, have you seen the one with Heath? Of course. Which do you prefer, or do you have a preference? I don't. Okay. I don't think it's something to compare to try to prefer one or the other. The this Joker movie is initially, I mean, it's supposed to be the origin story of a Joker character. Okay. So it may not be the same Joker that is in The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger, <coughs> but it is an origin story. It's not a Batman story. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that that um that makes sense because anybody who knows anything about comic book movies, um, anybody who knows anything about like the reiterations of comic books knows that most um, characters have like multiple worlds or multiple storylines mm-hmm. like like Batman is probably the only DC character I fuck with but um, but my favorite storyline of Batman is like not even really a common one it's like the story of Batman like because most people know Batman doesn't kill people right. so my, my actually favorite storyline of Batman is the storyline of Batman that does like there's a whole Batman that carries guns mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. how his parents died was completely different from the Batman that we're used to that's been like the storyline that started from I mean probably with people our age and younger their Batman's probably gonna start as far back it's probably no further back than Michael Keaton right but like that's the, the one yeah the one with uh, Jack Penguin Nicholson too and, oh, well, oh well the first one I seen was with Jack Nicholson was the oh with him as the Joker. Uh, uh, Two-Face or Joker he was Joker. Joker yeah which one was that that was Batman with I'm, like who was Batman in that one it was uh the guy the the guy you played in Multiplicity. So, okay, so that was with Michael Keaton, yeah. yeah, yeah Michael yeah, Keaton yeah. is usually as far back as the Batman that most exactly. people my age or younger will know of. And I would watch that thing on VHS. Oh, to like, this day, I love I, it. I used to watch it like every night, and I would try to watch it twice. I don't when own I was that so one, little. But I'm I talking about little, little. Yeah, so, you know, the way that one starts is Batman's parents, and we get, we get them seen in the alley, and they get killed in the alley, and then the pearls... Right, exactly. That's a big thing, right? It's right. And then that's when he sees the bats. Uh-huh, all like, of that. Uh, they ended this Joker movie with... That. With some 
it, it wasn't at the end end, but right. it was at the end of the movie, towards the end of the movie, and we got to see that part. So okay. it then that just kind of allowed me to rethink everything I was watching because it just wasn't making too much sense as right. far as the Joker. Right. You know what I'm saying? But this was clearly how he became the Joker. Interesting. You know? yeah. yeah, I mean, not. I don't know. I'm, in my head, I was like, man, I just I loved Heath's performance so much. I was worried, but what but what you're saying is what most people have told me mm-hmm. is like not to compare the two because where Heath was like clearly the bad guy in this Batman movie, this one is more so that he kind of stole the show, right. which is why people like loved it so much. It's like, mm-hmm. man, he stole the whole show, kind of similar to the way Bane did in the next one. Right. Like the the bad guy stole the show, but this one is more so just about Joker and really how he became who he is, which is mm-hmm. interesting to me. Because the reason why I feel like I love Batman more um, out of any of the DC characters, I feel like most of them are, are pretty trash, is because of the bad guys. The bad guys are always so dope that he like, carries the story, whether mm-hmm. it's the movie and it's Penguin or Catwoman, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer, or fucking, um, like, the, the bad guy is always, to me, cooler in, like, the movies or the... The, the more interesting stuff. highlights. It's Always. Not, the like highlights. And to me, just... the only reason that Batman's even kind of cool is because he's that like anti-superhero. Because mm-hmm. he's not really like, he's not Captain America. He's not like, I'm trying to save the world. Right. It's just like, he's kind of dark. Black, like, yeah. yeah. The guy, that like, the thing he chose to represent him is like something most people actually are scared of. Mm-hmm. Like most people are actually scared of bats. Like they don't look at bats and say, ooh, that's coming to save me. It's like they right. run from bats. So like, I, I always thought that was really interesting. So, okay. That gives me more like, more uh, of an idea. Uh, I was gonna go see it regardless, but yeah, gives me yeah. more of an idea of uh, what to go in with. Thank yeah. You. Um, okay, so that's the last thing you watched. What's the last thing you heard? Uh, honestly, I've just been Music listening. Music be podcast. I've been listening to Nipsey Hussle. Um, R.I.P. Nipsey. And anytime I get in the car, I'm putting that on if I'm listening to music. And and lately, I've been just trying to ride with silence sometimes. So I've been doing that. And then podcast-wise, I listen to Gary Vee. Okay. I listen to the Gary Vee audio experience, and um, I think it's pretty legit. Word. I love it. Uh, I, I mean, it's not all pertaining to everything that exactly to, that I'm trying to do, but just the mentality. He's a hustler. Yeah. No, there's, I mean, hustling just means that, you know, you know, when we used to get hustle points on, on the basketball court. Yeah, yeah. You just, you, like, like, when I say hustle, it's a positive connotation yeah, for sure. Like, trying. I feel like him and Nip fucked with each other because of that. They oh, just, yeah. like, recognize that go-getter spirit. You got to try. And you're not going, we're not going to be able to accept this, that, or the other reason why. It has to be, no, you're doing it. We're right. doing it. I'm I'm hustling to get this. I, You know, the more work I got to do, the more I got to do. But I'm, I'm getting this result that I, I set out to get. Um, and I just, I just feel like. He's about not allowing too many excuses or dissecting what that reason is. You know, he does that a lot. And he why you're making the excuse? Why you think this is the reason why you can't do what you see? Right. Okay. Yeah. You, I've seen video clips of him doing that. Like, yeah. People come up to him and be like, "I don't want to do it because of my parents or because of this," and they'll be he like, "Talks to them about like, the, yeah, break down whatever that explanation is." And yeah. Just be like, and he does it on a personal thing. level with individuals that he doesn't know and people that. He'll take the time to go there with them, to ask them those questions and really want to know the answer and not allow them to give that standard old whatever their response is. You know, you right. know how we, we we all have our own thing when it comes to, um, yeah, man, that's why I'm not in the NBA. And it's like, you haven't been able to be in the NBA for so long right. that you already know why you're not there. And you got this little story. Right. But he's like, boom, stop that right <laughs> there. Like, let's get back over here and then this and then this. And like, 
truly, man, you know, mm-hmm. we have we have our own options. We have choices to make and decisions to make every day. And it's the ones that we make every day that we need to change in order to... Affect the bigger picture. Right. Right. Yeah, I hear that. I definitely hear that. I can relate to it. Anytime I've seen Gary Vee on anything, that's, that's usually my takeaway from him. It's like, I follow him. I'm not like a huge fan. I know he has like for real supporters. But, um, mm-hmm. but every time I have watched an interview of his or watched his show... Um, I usually walk away, yeah, feeling inspired because I just he definitely has that mentality that just makes you feel like, like, like you said, what's the excuse? Yeah. Um, you said you were riding more without music. Is there like a like reason for that? Or? Um, because I'm I've only I've chosen I dedicated the rest of 2019 to Nipsey Hussle. Right. And I haven't been taking too much other new music or anything else except for when I ride with the homies or I'm in the car with somebody else. Right. You know. <clears throat> um, but. It's just so that I can make sure that I'm not being influenced. My thoughts are being influenced. If I want to think about something, I want to be able to think about it. <clears throat> um, instead of putting on music and then thinking, like, you know, you're listening to the music, mm-hmm. you know, and then you're thinking about what the song is about or you're thinking about some thoughts. But, like, I just wanted to turn it off so that I could really think about what I'm thinking about. Like, what am I? What are the thoughts that are coming to the top of my mind right now? Um so that I'm not missing, I'm not giving, like, you know, I don't want to overskip my opportunities to realize what I'm doing or what I'm thinking about. And, right. Um, I don't want to just glaze over that with just, just music or a podcast that I can pick a title and these are what I want my thoughts to be right, right now. You That's a good point. Saying? I never thought about that because I'm the type of person where, like, I can't even fall asleep without something playing in the background. Like, I, I can't. I don't do silence well. Mm-hmm. So, like, sitting in the car in silence, like, sometimes I'll look up and, like, I'm not listening to anything, but it wasn't intentional. Right, like, right, right. If that's, I just sitting with my thoughts is like some shit. So it's like I'd be like, yeah. I've so never that's the about part. That. That's the part. Like, once if I've already gotten two, three minutes down the road, and it's been silence, right? And right. Then I'm thinking, oh shit. It's like I've, I've taken a couple more opportunities to say that's okay, and just ride it out. Interesting. Um, Am I because I might have to try. I'm definitely the person that's like, I used to get anxious when we get in the car. It didn't matter if I was driving, somebody else was driving, right. and there wasn't no music playing within the first, the first 20 to 30 seconds. Yeah. It's like, like, bro, you got your seatbelt on. What yeah. else are you doing? <laughs> like, literally, it's like dictating, <laughs> like, it's dictating my, like, mood, like you said. Yeah. Like, when I wake up in the morning, like, I'm usually going to play something like Nip mm-hmm. or something like that because it's like, get up. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. not a morning person at all. So it's like, wake up. It's like, fucking let's Nip, Crit, something like mm-hmm. that. It's just like, oh, let's I love get to that. it. I love the Crit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, I very much use music to, di- to dictate my mood. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll wake up and I'll get in the car or I'll get in the car and I'll be like, I know I'm not going to listen to no rap today, which is kind of where I've been lately. Like, I'm finna get in the car and I'm not finna listen to Lucky Day or Anderson Pack or like some old shit. Like, I just, like, I know I'm finna be listening to probably RB all day today. Uh-huh. That's kind of been the mood I've been in for like the last three months. Like, albums have come out where I'm like, I wanna go listen to this album. I wanna listen to, you know, like the baby's album we were talking about earlier. Um, uh, I went back and uh, listened to YB and Corday's album because it was really good. Um, uh, what else? I was listening to fucking uh, an old J. Cole mixtape the other day. I was listening to fucking um, Friday Night Lights the other day. And uh, and then I was listening to No Ceilings the other day. Oh, that's lovely. Like stuff will just like just, like somebody will say something. I'm like, man, I haven't heard that song in forever, and I'll go put that shit on. Or I'll go put that album on and be like, yeah. Um, I was watching Louisiana the Fest, and I was like, oh shit, and he was doing um, Swag Surf from No Ceilings. Yeah. And it made me go listen to like I just went to go listen to Swag Surf but you had and to fucked to around and listened to the whole goddamn mixtape. Yeah. You yeah. Got to. It's like so that shit will happen to me, but like I have, I, I'll have to like incorporate that and think about like waking up and just with the intention of like let me just ride to work in silence today and just. Think these thoughts. See what it is. <laughs> right. See what these thoughts actually, you know, give right. it a little more attention than, ah, uh, 
you right. know? Let me, let me I, not think about that. Uh, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Until I'm ready, until I schedule it with myself. I'll think, I'm thinking about, I'm supposed to be thinking about that tonight. Not right. Right now, it's like, uh, well, yeah, I feel let you. me just fill it out a little bit. Right. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and then the last thing I read. Yeah, last thing you read. Last thing you read. Um, I've been reading. Uh, like anything. It'd be a magazine article, something you saw on your phone. Uh, anything. Yeah. This book. I've been reading this book, but I haven't been dedicating the time that I was when I was reading it. But this is the last thing I was reading. It was the Seven Habits of Successful People, Highly Successful People. Okay. And it was just, um, it just giving me some thoughts, something to think about, about when like reflecting on myself and looking inward to fix some of the things that I think I can be more successful in doing, um, which is like not procrastinating, you that. know, uh, communicating to myself clearly what I actually am trying to do no. so that I can be clear with my actions, you know, um, and just actually just dedicating time to read the book was helpful to me, you mm -hmm. know, cause that's that's one thing that's always super helpful to me. Anytime I'm feeling any type of creative block, reading is usually the thing that loosens it up the fastest. And I haven't been, I used to not read that much. Like I would, you know, maybe I would get into something, I would read research and research on on stuff like that. But mm -hmm. like a reading, topic. yeah, I wouldn't go reading, um, but I enjoy it. It's, uh, it's cool, it's cool. So that's the last book, that's the last thing that I've, I've read. I have not completed the book mm -hmm. yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. I feel that. I'm the type of person who does that too. I wind up having to like double back and um, read books super often. Um, I usually have to double back and read something because uh, I start reading something and then I'll pick up something else. And then it's like, oh shit, I got four chapters into something else or like maybe not even chapters of short stories or whatever. I got so far into that thing that now I feel like I need to go back and reread. The whole like, like I fell asleep on the movie it. type thing. I got to yeah. go back and watch the movie from the beginning mm -hmm. now. Because I remember what happened, but there might be something I missed type shit. Right, right. So I do that a lot. Um, the last thing I read to completion, I want to say it was, uh, uh, it's in that backpack. It's, um, this backpack right yes, it's in that backpack right there. Bingo. It is uh, They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us uh, by Hanif Abdurik. Hanif Abdurik is a, a poet. Um, funny, uh, so like backstory. Um, most people who will be probably listening to this podcast first know me and probably know Raheem too. So they know how we met and shit. But we met through um, Raheem's cousin, uh, who's a poet. I'm a poet. Um, and, you know, went to something at like 19 and got dragged there actually by his sister. Uh, and uh, Kimmy, shout out to Kimmy and Jono. And they were like, hey, uh, you should come to this poetry thing because you do poetry too. And, you know, the rest is history. This was, like I said, like 2009, so, you know, a decade later. Yeah. But um, Hanif Abdurik is from the same poetry scene that uh, I and uh, his cousin Rahim, I mean, his cousin uh, Jano are uh, from. And he's, like, putting out books now. He's a great writer. Sneakerhead. Go follow him on Instagram. Super, uh, super dope dude. But um, he's also, uh, this, I think, is his second book. And it's, like, a book of short stories. Mm -hmm. So this one was also interesting to read because since there's no, like, linear format to it it doesn't go one it's not one story right i kind of bounced around because like <clears throat> i look at the titles and it's just like it's hard to like read it in order because there's like one that's like chance the rapper's golden year uh or schoolboy q wants white people to say the n-word it's like well i want to read that story first 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm going yeah, that. I'm going straight to that. There's yeah. um, you know, one about the night he saw Allen Iverson cross Jordan. Like, so I read all the ones I wanted to read first because they like appealed to me, mm-hmm. and then went back and read everything else just because he's such a phenomenal writer. Even though I really don't give a shit about Bruce Springsteen, I give a shit about hearing him talk about Bruce Springsteen because he's probably gonna make it interesting to me. Right, right. Um, so it's really dope if you haven't checked it out. Um, Hanif H A N I F Abdurik, they can't kill us until they kill us. It's just a story, a book of like essays and short stories and. Music is in there and all other stuff, all types of other stuff, uh, sports, um, you know, relationship stuff. It's it's a really good book, <clears throat> and um, I got his uh, is one of his newer books when he came down to read at UT, um, which is uh, like a book dedicated to it. And it's just like a love story to the tribe called Quest. So that's probably the next book I'm gonna read. But that was the last thing I read. Um, I don't think I said the last thing. Did the last thing you watched? The last thing mm-hmm. I watched. So I've been telling anybody and everybody if you haven't watched Euphoria. it to go watch Euphoria. I knew you was gonna like, say I'm it. Fucking, Euphoria. I am obsessed with everything about this fucking show. Check that out. I, I love. I mean, it's 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 heavy and like I know Raheem personally, so I know Raheem is like he's not big on the heavy, but he's, he's not he's not huge on something that's like, but it's it's it makes you feel the feels, but it's also really beautifully shot, which is probably my favorite thing about it is just colors, mm-hmm. like just so much colors pink and purple and like um watching a lot of behind the scenes stuff they talked about how they did a lot of night shoots so it's just like stark contrast in colors just mm-hmm. like black night and then just like blue ass clouds purple ass water like just crazy as far as the way it's shot <clears throat> um i think it's super interestingly de- de- depicts um like a whole different type of epidemic uh, because like Anytime I think of like something that has to do with a drug epidemic, I'm thinking about something that's probably about my people, so it's gonna be about crack. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to watch like this suburban show and watch these kids who are like some very heavily taking drugs and obviously addicted, and some that don't know it and some that do and are very aware of it and don't care, which is kind of the main character, um, who's based on the writer. Um, and then there's also people who just use it like, you know, a pastime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it ain't shit like they're just you know taking Molly at the carnival because it's gonna make the carnival cool right you know right. what I'm saying so it's really interesting to see like their their relationship to drugs um, uh, in this like suburb like that's such so tight knit that like these motherfuckers like walk to the party like when there's a party going on like that's, yeah, they're in high school and they're not driving to it even though some of them have cars they're walking to it and shit because that's how tight knit this like suburb is like everybody's grown up with each other everybody's mm-hmm. lived in the same place forever so it's really interesting but also just the writing is phenomenal like when I think TV and stuff, the first thing that comes to my mind because I'm a writer is the writing. So like, how are the characters developed? What's the story arc? Like, I think they really, really well do what like Orange is the New Black and a lot of other TV shows try to do, in that they find episodes that <clears throat> wind up becoming like this episode is just like this is Raheem's story. Mm-hmm. So we find out why Raheem is the way he is, how he got there, his relationship right. with everybody. You gotta dedicate that time. His relationship to everybody else in the show, mm-hmm. like that's his episode while still carrying on, you know, whatever storyline is going on. So they do that really well. Um, uh, and then also just the music is dope. Like, that's what I was listening to on the way over here. This is another thing, I, I guess what I've listened to, um, is um, is the soundtrack to Euphoria. The soundtrack and then also the score. So, like, some of the stuff I've been listening to lately doesn't have words. Like, the score is just like, mm-hmm. this is just like, I remember this scene, and the music to that scene's craziness is the scene where, you know, so-and-so breaks into so-and-so's house. Right. And it's just like me drive, like driving around just listening to like these crazy tones, mm-hmm. but there's like no words at all. It's just like a beat and just crazy instruments. And right, shit. right. And, um, it's a story. Yeah, it's, it's so nuts. So that's definitely the last thing I watched if you haven't seen it. It's only eight episodes. It's HBO, so you know, it's they don't really fuck up you know, series or stories or movies or anything. 
and uh, yeah, it's it's super dope. Euphoria, it's a, it's it's a nut show. So that's the last thing I watched. That's the last thing I read, um, and that's the last thing I listened to. Um, so yeah, like like gonna make that the like I said the kind of thing that I ask everybody if mm-hmm. I ever have a guest and kind of the thing I check in on as well. Um, so <clears throat> so I guess I'll give you the the option to decide out of the next topic. Uh, do you want to talk about basketball or do you want to talk about uh, another thing we share in common is both of us for a little while lived in New York. Let's talk about the New York thing because I actually did that and I haven't been watching a lot of basketball lately. Okay. So. All right. Um, so both of us lived in New York different times. You lived in New York in the thick of winter. I lived in New York like right when winter was kind of starting. I think we kind of both went out there with similar goals or similar ideas, but different. So we can both talk about why we uh, went out there for what purpose and like what we learned, what we made use of that time. If you yeah. talk about your time out there. Uh, yeah, I went out there the first week of December. Two thousand and seventeen. <laughs> December fourth. <laughs> and <clears throat> the goal was to go out there and establish a network or a creative relationship mm-hmm. that um I could pr- make a product out of and um spread the brand in a regional way, like trying to get to the East Coast and really build relationships to the point to where when somebody said, let's work on something that we're following up on it, we have enough time to learn each other and learn what we both want out of the project and actually complete complete the project and release it. So that was the, uh, that was the goal and I was successful in that. I was gonna say, do you feel like you were successful in that? I was, I was. And I feel like I could have done more just based on um, my focus, my focus was just, I mean, it lined up so easily that I was able to work with Damo and mm. Squadly Records that, and I was staying there. So I didn't have to, it, it wasn't a struggle to find the project. It wasn't a struggle to find. That's important. Yeah. Cause that was, yeah, that was harder to do when I was out there cause I was so disjointed cause like I essentially was just living out there. Mm-hmm. So it was harder to like link up with people, even people I knew that were out there. Cause it's like it's almost just like living in Austin, trying to link up with people like oh, schedules and shit yeah, to do and work exactly. and stuff. So. And it's a little worse for from my perspective. I'm pretty sure you can share it. The public transportation, like we're taking the, the train to the bus to the train, right? And it's not 30 minutes. It's never yeah, 30 minutes. Yeah, travel time is different. It's that never was, 30 minutes. Yeah, that was one of the biggest things when I was out there that um, I missed was my car. Mm-hmm. Like I got out there and the like riding the train was super convenient and it was cool for like other reasons. Right. Like I just kind of. Do stuff while you're on the train. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. I read a lot of books when I was in New York because mm-hmm. I'm just I'm riding the train to work and or I'm riding it to Damo's house or whatever. Exactly. So I'm just reading this book or I listen to a lot of music while I was out there because just okay, well I can listen to this album while I'm on the train. Exactly. Like I just yeah, I have time to like in. listen to that. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Travel time is is a thing you have to incorporate when living in New York. It's, it kind of eats up. It eats up the it, day. It will eat up the day. Like so, you get somewhere and stay because it's hard mm-hmm. to move. And around. you understand why somebody won't just come. Cause they got a, a free hour or two. It's right. like that's not a that's nothing. Yeah, I might be able to give you a high five. Right, I, might, I gotta I, cross I, the I gotta street get back and get to, my ass and back. Catch my train. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a fact. So that was uh, I didn't have to deal with that as far as for the purpose of why I was there, but I did have to deal with that. So it deterred me from like building relationships with people that weren't up and down the street. Right, you know that weren't already coming to Damo's house um, and things like that. So 
and it was the winter time. So yeah. during the winter, moving around period is just not only difficult but just unfucking comfortable. It's uncomfortable. There's nobody there that really is. We're not talking. We're not doing any kind of <laughs> anything. New York in the summer is lit. Everybody's out. Yeah, New but York in the winter, winter time is like it's fuck. If this you shit. see anybody on the street, they not about they, to look at you or say they nothing. Have to, to like, they, they have to be like they have to be there. there. Yes, <laughs> and they are going somewhere specifically. <laughs> With the intent to get there, not yeah. to slow down and talk, right. not to, hey, how's it going? I feel like that's going? why like, people who are really famous, I've always said, I feel like people who are really famous, like Andre 3000, but like famous introverts, like to live in New York because, you know, I got to get to where I'm getting to. I'm not, you could be on fire and I yeah, got to get to work. I, gotta you know, I can't get stop. To, yeah, yeah I got to go. Unfortunately. Like, I know who you are and I realize you're on fire, but I got to catch my train. I'm going to be late and it's expensive <laughs> as shit to live here, so I can't lose my job. I can't lose my job. <laughs> so I got to go. Yeah, and I can't miss this damn train. Yeah, that's that's real. Transportation that's the is a thing. So I didn't get to meet anybody in, in passing or it wasn't the party time or party season or mm-hmm. anything like that. Although there was events to go to, you had to just... It was li- yeah, we're just going like we're not. It's not a day out, right. you know what I'm saying? We're not. Feels like work getting to the event <laughs> and getting back. That's right. And if, if anything goes wrong, you might you ready to say fuck, fuck it, it, let's go back. Fuck it, yeah, <laughs> that's a fact. We was waiting in that push your T line for that concert. Like man, we gonna wait a little while longer, but it's cold. Like so. And if, I know it's free tequila in there, but right. like, nigga. Oh man, so yeah. But the- you still felt like overall you getting out there was successful. Definitely. That's what's up. Definitely. I made some real relationships, made some real friendships, and I released a real product. And, you did. I have um, that product. So, yeah. It was a success. I'd love to do it again with the... But I think the way that you did it, which we can, you can tell uh, the, the story, but just from where I was at, I was like, you got a job. You got a different job. You know, you had I a did. spot. Then you found a spot. And I did. Like you were doing the living, the, like you were literally building networks through just being. I, and a, that and that, that kind of accidentally happened because it's funny that you put it that way. Because when I was there doing it, I was like, man, I should have done this like Raheem did it, <laughs> which is so interesting. The grass is always greener, right? Right. Exactly. I was like, man, he just he didn't have to go to work and shit. Like he mm-hmm. had time to just collab with people and work and just you know what I'm saying, like do what I came out there. Because when I first went out to New York, I didn't know what I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is either just like I need a break. Like I, I like at the time I needed a mental checkout mm-hmm. from having to pay bills from I really just literally needed like time away from shit. Like I felt like a lot of shit happened to me in the years prior to me deciding like all right I'm really gonna try to put time and energy and like invest money and time into like finding a way to work for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, however that pans out creatively, whatever of my projects I drop that that catches or somebody sees and fucks with, like that I'm, I'm gonna invest. You know, you go to work for eight hours. I'm gonna try to invest at least four to eight hours on my own shit when I get exactly, home. Exactly. Like a lot of sh- shit happened to me, and you're, you've like, like we said, no, you've known me since 2009, mm-hmm. so you know most of the stuff that like I didn't take any breaks in between any of that. Mm-hmm. Like in between people passing away, between losing jobs, between moving, between family shit, yeah. like in just between shit with friends, like I kept going to work. I never stopped going to work. I never stopped paying my own bills. I never like took a mental break in any of that shit. Right, right. And so like, I had literally probably been burnt out for at least two years, but just had like this new wind and didn't want to like let doing regular life shit get in the way of exactly. me continuing to like. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, all right, while, while I've got all this energy and this juice, like just, just get out of that other shit, save up some money. I was, at first I was going to go to uh, Oakland 
And I was like, I don't fucking know anybody in Oakland. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it and sounds I was good. Like, <laughs> and I was like, that's cool. Like, Oakland sounds dope. Right. I enjoy Oakland every time I'm there. I don't fucking know anybody in Oakland. So why would I go to Oakland? Like, that, yeah. So um, then I was thought about L.A. I lived in L.A. for a little while, not as long as I was in New York. I was there for maybe about a month and a half while I was on tour uh, with my friend Toba. Mm-hmm. And that shit was fun and it was dope. But I also realized, like, I probably don't ever want to live in L.A. unless, like, I'm just like, I found my, like, dream shit. Like, mm-hmm. I found a way to either make my own shit happen and something took off to where, like, I have to move to L.A. Or I get, like, this amazing job that, like, is in the industry I want to be in and can benefit me and my own yeah. thing. And you can and leave like, it. You can... Yeah, and then once I think I can get out of L.A. Yeah. Like, I've just, yeah, I, I, I love certain parts of L.A., but, like, the industry or the, I guess, where I want to be, where I feel like it would have me in L.A., I don't want to live in that part of L.A. So um, so I was like, fuck it. I know, I know more people in New York. Um, I'm closer specifically with certain people in New York, and mm-hmm. I've never been to New York. So I was like, I mean, I flew through it. I was there for a week for poetry. I was in Brooklyn for the Women of the World Poetry Slam a while back, and I was right. like, that's cool, but I haven't been there in like an extended amount of time. So I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna move to New York," and uh, so I saved up some money. And uh, so when I first got out there, I didn't know if I I booked an Airbnb for a month. I was like, "I'm gonna be here at least a month for sure." Right. And I was like, "While I'm out here, I'm just gonna like be, and we'll see what happens." And then it got to a point where the we'll see what happens is like, okay, you're down to like you have enough money to book an Airbnb for another year. And then while you're in this another Airbnb, month. another month. <laughs> another right. year? Bam, you did your I thing, I did your girl. thing, right. Yeah, bug it. No, another month. I was right. like, so in this month, you can either get a job and try to stay longer or just kick it in New York for another month and then go back home. Because, I, you know, I already had people assure me when, if and when you need to come back, you're good. Yeah, okay. so, um, so I was like, well, that was always, that was good to know. Um, so while I was out there, I was like, I think I'm going to stay for a little while longer. If I want to stay longer than another month, I'm going to have to get a job. So I just started applying for shit. I just spent like the next week sending out resumes and shit from my Airbnb, like on my laptop and just tweaking the resume for each thing I was specifically trying to apply for, whether it be like some some office shit or mm-hmm. like I was applying at art galleries. I was applying at places like Vice and Genius and I was like right, trying right. to get jobs at places where like I could make relationships with people that could parlay into something else. Yeah. Where it's like I'm not just, I can use all these tools that I've gathered and not just like be at this other job that's just like it's literally just a paycheck I can't do anything with it I've like gone as far as I can and it's just me made like paying bills at this point mm-hmm. which has to be done but um, if it can turn into something else you know why not and exactly and that didn't have that and in those these places yeah. in Austin didn't have that so I get to New York and it's, it's dope and you know I actually got a couple like hey you know we you're, we received your, your resume you know you're, we're moving you on to the next stage your resume is being passed up, and if it gets to the second part, you'll get like an in-person interview. So I got to that with Vice, and I got to that with Genius. But you know, essentially, after the second part, didn't hear anything back. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, actually wound up hearing back from an art gallery that was an unpaid internship. But you know, I had enough money to be there for another month, so might have been able to finagle something while I was out there. I was like, we'll see. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We'll see. So, um, so, like, she asked for writing samples and other stuff, so it was cool. That was, like, something that made me feel like, oh, she wants to, like, see my writing before I get this job, so that makes me feel like this is, like, something that I that could... That is more tailored towards... Yeah, specifically what I'm trying to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and it wound up actually, funnily enough, not hearing back from them until I got back to Austin, because I got out there, I found a job, um, you know, it was cool, it was a sales job, everything was, like, but I was like, this is what I was doing in Austin. And I was like, at least in Austin, I can take advantage of the opportunities and the you know, relationships I've already built 
um, mm. and, and, you know, actually use those versus where I feel like in New York, I was just kind of like back in that same, like, oh, now I'm just going to work again. And I was like, that's not what I came out here to do. No, no. Like that's that's a waste of time. I could be doing it in Austin, saving money because it's cheaper, it's cheaper to live in Austin and, you know and utilize, pe- and I yeah. know more people. Yeah. So, um, you know, kind of what I, I learned from being in New York was a, I kind of like like a trust in myself. Like that's what I was telling people who would come back. It's like, did you feel like you accomplished what you accomplished when you're trying to go out there? And I was like, I didn't necessarily get like an, an internship with the Breakfast Club or any of these other things that I was trying to do. But what I did get was enough. To be like, ooh, they looked. You know what I'm saying? Even if I didn't get that job at Genius, like, ooh, they, something about my resume made them pick it up at least one time and look at it. Yeah, yeah. Even if it didn't get past the second set of eyes. Um, it also made me think, like, a lot of people, when I talk to them about New York, they're just like, like, you know, New York just gives us this vibe of, like, like I just can't, can't deal. It. Hey, I can't approach it. It's yeah. scary. I can't mm-hmm. deal with it. And it was cool to get out there and be like, like you said, I got a job. I found an apartment. Like, it was like. <laughs> This shit, I can do this. Like, like reading the updates from your, the social media, wherever you was putting them, it was like, look at this motherfucker go. Yeah, I was like, I got a job, and I was like, then I got another job, and I was yeah. like, I like this job better than the other one, so I'm not going to do this job. So I was like, oh, okay, well, my resume holds up, not just in Austin. So that mm-hmm. felt good. And then also just like, like, you literally rode the train and met with people and saw apartments like and signed a lease and was like you did the same shit you do like it's not that New York's not so scary it's not so scary so exactly. it was like that was the main thing I took back was like I trusted myself it was like nigga you can take care of yourself wherever you go mm-hmm. you, like you can handle yourself and you'll be fine so that felt good and it also just kind of gave me a motivation which I think like that New York kind of like energy gives you when you're there is just like just build the resume like mm-hmm. like I said somebody put their eyes on it and saw something now so go do more stuff go right. put in more work mm-hmm. go build more of a you know um, a resume to where now you can apply again and they might have, you know, whoever's there might be like, man, I saw your name before. She kept going, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, on exactly. some nip shit, you know, she didn't quit. She didn't quit. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a good segue into uh, the next topic I wanted to talk about since uh, I should have realized this was going to flow easy because we do this without a microphone. Yeah. Uh, so so I should have realized it wasn't gonna, we weren't going to be pressed for time. We maybe didn't even need as many topics, but um, just obviously, like both of our, our influence, we both speak about Nipsey all the time and just kind of, you know, talk about what he meant to you and, and you know, the idea of owning your own shit and just, you know, uh, like you said, the idea of just this being a marathon. Um, just talk about, you know, Nipsey's influence on you. I would have to say it's, he had a huge influence on me. On that note, I'm also going to spark, spark, spark that thing yeah. up. Um, and you know when i was speaking about like choosing the music that we like to listen to in certain times and this that and the other um my cousin jonathan is the one that put me on nipsey hustle and initially i liked it because it was some west coast you know some west coast shit and but it didn't really hit me as far as yeah, much as we both lived in new york we both like I think the first time I ever left the state was with you when we went to California, went to California in 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for, as an adult, I left the state like as a kid, but like right. we leaving, nobody else was going with us. We just drove out we there. Just drove so out there. For like much a week. as we talk about New York, I, don't, I, would, I would be remiss to say we don't have mad love for California. Oh yeah, I lived in California. I lived in Long Beach um, in 2006 for a little bit with Jonathan, my cousin. So yeah, just in living there and trying to adapt it and just listening to the music that's more out there. It was wild because when we got out there, they was listening to Wayne. And I, I'm a Wayne head. Waited. I'm a Wayne head. And I knew I was a Wayne head before I even heard the name Nipsey Hustle, you know? But 
uh, going along with it, and then um, when I finally I thought about that, how yeah. much both me and you loved Wayne, and oh, how much we both loved Missy, right? That's and they, they, they're not doing the same thing, but I was still inspired by Wayne at the time because his creativity was wild. Yeah, and he was he just was so just like, so, I'm going to try anything. He was so creative, and it was so good. It was so new to me. It didn't even have to be that good. It was just that it wasn't done like that before. Right. You know, like, so Nipsey started to influence me more when I had something to put my all into, when it was from myself, for myself, and mm. something I can contribute that is me. Right. Um, and at the time I had already been exposed to poetry and Jonathan and you and, and Brent and y'all's, y'all's success in expressing yourself right. and creating from yourself for yourself. That's the trip that we took to LA. But right. I was f- from y'all for you. Like your poems are from you. Right. Something that you can create and you can create more of that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that's what I was in search of. Um, before Nipsey started to influence me heavily because once I finally decided to make a brand, this was 2010. Yeah. you've always been, a, like, I met you, you was always a creative dude. Yeah, I've, I've always been, wanted to do it. I love creating things. I love being able to show how I see it or how I think it would be cool. Right. And what cool is to me doesn't always have to be cool to everybody, but Facts. I like the fact that I can express what I thought was Right, you nice. found a way to make all these creative ideas you had tangible. Right, exactly. So after that, it, it took on new meaning, and that's when I first heard uh, the marathon. When It was 2010. It was after we did Cali, and then we backdoored after that trip from California and went to Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, right? Exactly. Um, like the next, that same month, like two weeks later or something. I right? remember because I remember like the whole thing. Was, uh, I remember. So the reason that. We all went really on the humbug. The only person who really had any business in California at that Brent. time was Brent. Yeah. <laughs> so he was working with the festival that we went to. Yeah. It was, uh, he was working in the with car. Brave New Voices. Uh-huh. It was just like a youth poetry festival that I'm always super sad that I never like actually got to be a part of, but I got to go. So Jono is from that ilk, so they all knew him. And I was really like, man, I'm just in love with poetry right now. Like, my nose is all open. I got the money to go. I want to go, too. And, uh, and, you know, so we all just piled in uh, Brent's car, his Scion fucking four ground ass people in this little bitty ass car and drove to fucking California. Jonathan wasn't with us. Jonathan he wasn't with us because he was supposed to, but he met us. He met us because he came feel from like Madison. I he was in the car. No. He wasn't there. Yeah, he came from Wisconsin. He sure wasn't. Still was way too small for us. Yeah. Like Raheem's like six feet tall. We had a we <laughs> had to pack for a week and we had three people in a four Sire. seater. That's just so little. And six bags. Like so much shit. Like, oh my God. This uh, literally the book that I am going to write is going to start with the one we got pulled over by Border Patrol. Oh my god. Like I don't know if it's gonna be a book or if it's going to that be a has script. To be its own thing. But it's going to like I, that's gonna be like the shit that I'm like That that oh that shit god was damn. so like you had to be there, some T V shit. Like literally there are points in my life where I say, Man, that's some T V shit. And now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, every time I say, Man, that's some T V shit, you nigga, write, write that, that shit down. down. Yeah. Cause nobody it's like nobody will really believe you unless it was like, acted out. It's YouTube now, you can put it on you make a nigga, series I, on nigga, just let's do put it, them stories out for people that to That shit finally would see. make anybody laugh the way we laugh about it now, though we were uh, terrified at the time. It was ridiculous. But yeah, so from that trip, when I went to um when we went to Minnesota, I did not come back. I moved from you did. that little trip to there. I moved to Madison, Wisconsin. Which was wild because I was like, all my little creative partners are gone now. 
Cause you and Brent and stayed too. Moved. Everybody moved. Brent Jonathan had been out there already. Yeah, he'd already been there, and like at the time, Cuz was just never home on a regular basis. He was in somewhere. He all was the always time. moving somewhere else. Yeah, so I went and lived with Jonathan, and that's when I first heard uh, the marathon. And in that time that I was out there is when I created my brand name, Joints by Raheem. Because before that, I was always recording mm-hmm. with that Sony handheld. Mm-hmm. And I always I was recording was a everything for a long time. And this was with just that. That's what I was doing. I was recording everything. I would set it up. I would have it. I would when we rolling up, smoking. When we chilling, listening to music, whatever. And it was right. in my backpack, and I didn't have no official case for it, so it was kind of getting dinged up right. along the way because I took it everywhere, you know. So when I got out there, when we was in Cali, is when it stopped working. I still had it with me. That was the same camera that they took up. Yeah, from the from, from the, the BMV, from the, BMV, uh-huh. from the HBO shit. Okay. Right, right. So That's I crazy. had my camera with me, like I'm t- like I'm saying. I we shot a had fire poetry video on that shit, and it will never see the light of day because we were because we shot to sneak some HBO footage on his camera. And they, did they take that whole tape? Or they took what? the whole tape, which was yeah. trash because you had like only recorded like thirty seconds of something. It wasn't yeah. even anything yet. Like you had just pulled the camera out and exactly. you spotted it. It was and like just, nigga, if you look back, you'll see that I didn't even record anything. Like you don't have to take my tape. They, yeah, yeah. HBO wasn't trying to hear that shit. They, they wouldn't listen. <laughs> they, these they, niggas, they did not. Hear I'm this. still waiting for some footage from some shit we had, nigga. We had fire footage on that shit. We took it on Venice. That we was the most those, fire. Like, little, yes. Yeah. Cruising. I had this beach, oh, like low to the ground view, and we just smooth. That shit anyway, was so tight. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah. So it stopped working in Madison on the way to Madison, and then. Like I, I gotta find started, somewhere to put these creative pieces if I don't have my yeah. camera no And the camera wasn't even, I wasn't even producing much stuff with it. I was just recording to record. I had, I, I was inspired a lot by Wiz, Wiz Khalifa at the time. He was, I was watching his day to day and he yeah. would be in a sit like this or in a bedroom. He was just literally just recording and, whatever the fuck he was doing uh-huh, that day. Uh-huh. But the cool part was he was rolling up and I took, uh, I felt, it felt personal to me. Right, and he's because, he's good in front of the camera. Like it was, I mean, he it was rolling up, and we wrote we we. It's like I was smoking with him. Yeah, even though my blunt been done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sure. that's why I was recording like that. But um, so then I, I came up with the name Joyce Farahim, and uh, it was because I was doing these sketches, mm-hmm. and the homies was in school. They was in art school, and. A couple of them had access to the screen printing labs and they were taking classes, so they would let me go with them at like 11, 11.30 at night and we'd be up there for a couple hours. Right. And learning this, that, and the other. So I was planning on doing clothes through that aspect, more of the screen printing, but then um, when I returned from Madison, Wisconsin, my mom had helped me get the camera that I had, mm-hmm. that Canon 7D. Mm-hmm. So then yeah, I was back crazy. in there with the Joyce Bear Raheem doing videos and right. photography. You were like my first or second photo shoot that we ever did. I remember that. And you were shoot. too high. So high. We were, we got high to do the shoot and we did a shoot like you smoking. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the time I had like no idea of like what I was gonna do as far as creative direction. And I and again, I also was very much influenced by Wiz. So I was like, if nothing else, it's gonna be a bunch of dope ass pictures of me smoking, smoking weed. Yeah. Like I was like, so let me just roll up mad weed. I probably like at the time, I don't know, I probably gave you weed because I was probably having yeah, money. Just gonna so I was like, together. just gonna give Cuz some weed. Just gonna smoke weed. And that's what that's. That was the one of our of first shoot. things that we did together. I still have those pictures. Those pictures are fire too. They're pretty fire, but literally, I was. Ex- 
like first first or second shoot uh using the flash at nighttime this that and the other you know but joint Raheem developed right and right. then um you just you created you the name itself got out there with that it, it did it yeah. did and because you was everywhere with the camera i was everywhere i was going there on my own like i would go to places that i wanted to go and i would use my camera jake lloyd this man been a been in a, a band since i can remember now facts and i would always go and record him um my friend zane mm -hmm. and brian freeman brian freeman is a professional rollerblader right sponsored by multiple people yes, he and is. zane is a passionate do. rollerblader he loves rollerblading and the culture and he contributes and he's a part of it facts. so i would go with them i started hanging out with them a lot uh, i definitely met both of them through you yeah so i mean that was so shout I, out to both them dudes for shout sure. Shout out to them. Shout out to them. Those are the homies. Me and Zane actually share a birthday. Share did. our birthday. Our birthday is on the same day. And that's fun. It, you know that that's crazy. And then what's also crazy is like, cause Zane like lives in Austin, so we see Zane all the time. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, shout out to Zane. But with uh with Brian, I don't see him as often. But he's like, it's very very genuine dude. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's just like I remember like one of the first things he ever said to me was wild back when like we first started tweeting. Um, he just like DM me and he was just like your soul is dope I was like it's like the coolest thing anybody's ever said to me in my entire life and he always says shit like that or like embodies that like persona it's uh -huh. just like a really good person and um, it, it's weird like the network with him and Zane so I shot a video for, uh, for a freestyle I did in front of a mural that's downtown oh, yeah. um, by uh, Nice Kicks mm -hmm. and the, the mural artist is JC Rowe uh, follow dude on Instagram if you're into any anything music or sneaker culture or just fire as you know graffiti art. Check him out. And this guy is actually not only knows Zane. Like I'm shooting this video in front of him. I'm like in awe of it, looking at this picture. I'm like man, this shit's so dope. And then dude, this guy because I've never met him before at this point walks by. He's just like like you like that? And I was like man, this is man. I don't know if you know this guy. He's fire, man. He's one of my favorite artists. I follow him on Instagram. Da da da. He's like yeah, I did that. It's like, oh shit, because he never, he's like, kind of like Basie, he never shows his face. Shooting I'm video. shooting, I'm taking pictures in front of it. And he walks <laughs> by, and I'm like, oh shit. And he's like, kind of like Banksy, usually you never see his face, but you always see like the back. So he kind of right, turns right. around and poses. I'm like, oh shit, it's you. And uh, come to find out, Zane knows him, and he knows Be Free. Mm -hmm, and not mm -hmm. only does he know Zane and Be Free, he knows our mutual friend that we met through poetry, Nat. Right. And right. like, and he's like, Nat's like, yeah, I'm, you know, yeah, we both do, you know, we both do, um, uh, you know, we both spray paint. Mm -hmm. We both do graffiti Breath and artists. we both, um, all, you know, man, that's also like a sign painter as well. And mm -hmm. like getting really well known out there in Long Beach doing that shit. Shout out to Nat. Um, but uh, they know each other. So it's really weird and intricate, like how art just kind of connected all of us because you met Nat living in Wisconsin. Exactly. And, you know, so it's, it's and I meet Nat through Jono at a poetry thing. Mm -hmm. And at the time, he's not only, he's, I meet him as a poet. He's doing poetry. He's selling his chapbooks. Exactly. And then I find out also he's a painter. He's a painter. So it's like, it's really yeah. weird how intricate that, that, um, that, that, the web that we weave is, I guess. Um, you got so, that out. Yeah. I thought we was going to have some W's up in there. What to take a web we weave. <laughs> I think I let the joint go out trying to get that out. Um, but yeah, that's interesting that uh, that network exists. And it's also interesting that that network kind of got created and started around the time that you found Nips. But I yeah, so music. it 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 was important to me to. I mean, it, it was cool. It was inspiring. But once I had something to put my all into, is what I was trying to get to. Is it just kind of 
um, inspired me in a, a new way. Exactly. Like he was literally telling us like, you know, you got to know your worth. You, we're not going to fuck with the middleman. And you got to, but the only way you're going to do it is you got to get it. Right. You got to put your 10 toes down and it's the money. You got to save your money and put it into your craft. Right. All money in, no money out. So it's like, and you got to put it where you try, you got to do what you're trying to do. You can't think that somebody is going to be your agent and you're going to, you're not right. going to have an agent yeah, right now. Yeah, that's, that's right. And if you did want an agent, that's going to cost you your money and your freedom to do what you actually want to do. And I was just talking to somebody about that. Um, the other day is just yeah. That's interesting that you had that realization. I was just talking to somebody about who's having that realization now. So yeah. Yeah. So because when you when we get frustrated, I think on the path is when you say, "Man, I did I did this thing and it was good." Right. And you know that was my first album. Mm -hmm. and that was my first project. So by my second one, I want to be here. Mm -hmm. And it's so much. It's it's a distance away, right? But literally, you have to take the steps to get there. It's not. The you can have that plan, but if you didn't know that you was gonna have to walk over there and it wasn't gonna be a magic carpet to take you there mm -hmm. or it wasn't a one day you turn around or you woke up right and it was ah no it was every day you woke up right. you decided you was gonna go do it and you had to, you, you was figuring it out yeah. each step of the way oh it's gonna take 10 steps i thought this was one step yeah you know, it's 10 okay and that step right there got 10 with it too so get to it yeah boom 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 let's get it done not and it, before I would get discouraged, I yeah. did. I used to do cut and sew, and I would, when I started looking in to get my patterns made, so that I can get, you know, production done. So right. I'm not cutting and sewing all day for five pieces. Right. And trying to expand it, I looked at it, and it was a big. It was some big numbers. Right. And I got deterred, and I decided to do the hats. That's exactly what happened. Mm. I went from the camera, cut and sewing overlap, and then my camera got stolen, and then I was cutting and sewing but I was like this is not returning right. anything quite the way I need it so I decided to put my money into my first round of hats and it did so well that it showed me that I could continue to do it and Nipsey came into play again when when he put in that proud to pay movement mm -hmm. it's like you know you're not buying a CD because it's ten dollars you buy the CD because you, you like, like it. Yeah, you like it. And because you want to support the person that's that's putting out that product. Exactly. Right? So you're not buying the hat for me because it's $20 because yeah. my hats aren't $20. Ne never more does that become more like prevalent or important or do you understand it more until you're doing your own thing. Yes. And then it's like, man, when you realize like how much it costs or how much time and effort goes into the whatever it is, be it a show you're throwing mm -hmm. or a product you're putting out or you know an album you're recording or whatever you see how much time and energy and money of your own it takes to do that, that you realize how intentional it is to spend money on something of somebody else's. Exactly. I, I agree with you 100%. And that's why I spend my money with other people that are doing similar things to me. Right, because you know. I very rarely buy anything um, that the homie isn't selling mm -hmm. or it's a person that I saw and I bought it from them. Right. Um, and I saw that shift. I saw it like you decided to, you know, like you said, just all money in and you just that kind of you saw the like the determination or like the shift. Like I definitely noticed it and just mm -hmm. was like and it was inspiring. It was inspiring to me to mm -hmm. see like my friends around me and just like, damn, he's really like doing this shit. He's out every night, even after he gets off work and he's popping up at things and he's at shows and he's throwing his own shit. And mm -hmm. he's just, you know, whether it's at a, you know, he's getting within with a venue or he's just like fuck it I'll get an Airbnb and do this thing like 
he's I've definitely saw the shift when you just like kind of was like mashing the gas and it was for sure part of what inspired me to be like all right my nigga just do that shit because the people around you were doing it you know yeah for sure thank you thank you um it, it it hit me one time when I was I think I shared this story with you when I was getting into documenting how much money I was spending mm-hmm. on a daily basis and what I was spending my money on and then um it hit, <clears throat> I made some adjustments and I started realizing that, you know, <laughs> I was broke mm-hmm. mostly and it didn't have nothing to do with how much money I was making or how much money was going out. It's because I was spending the money on things that weren't investments or I didn't have a chance of bringing money or value back to me. So money was only really going one way. It was only going one was I was just passing it along. Right. You know what I'm saying? I was getting it from the hours and I was passing it along. So I decided that if I was going to be broke, which I had been broke and had been you know when you broke and then you get a job or you finally get that money coming back in mm-hmm. and you're like, man, I've been living off a $100 a month. Right. <laughs> now I'm making $1,000. This should make a huge difference. Right. And I can just save, I can literally save $800. I can live off of 200 instead right. of 100 and save $800. That shit never went that way for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I would get the money from not having no money and it was I would still have nothing. Right. So I decided if I was going to be broke, I was going to put it into my craft. Right. If I'm going to be broke, I'm going to be broke with purpose. With a purpose. Got you. With a chance to build something. I did. I was thinking that the other day. I literally, like, low-key, like, to keep it a bean, like, started crying the other day. Because I was like, man, I'm okay. Like, it's a weird feeling to be okay with being broke when you know what you're putting the money into. You can see it. Like, I'm, but bills are still paid. Oh, yeah. Like, niggas still eating. I just, but it feels so. It doesn't yeah, even feel uh, the yeah, same. Like you look at that amount of money. It's, and a it's different when you're broke and you just like bought a bunch of shit, and it's just like now I'm just broke. And it's mm-hmm. like man, I'm just frustrated. I'm angry because I don't have money. Right. I don't have money to buy these things or whatever, and I'm mad because I don't have these things. But it's like a whole different feeling to be broke. Would be like man, I know where that money went to. Like I know I secured that venue. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, I know the people who do show up are gonna have a good time. Because I was watching something the other day. I was watching um. Law Roach and Zendaya's like background uh, thing about them putting out their their runway show with Tommy, mm-hmm. and she was just like under expect, overproduce. So yeah. it's like if seven people show up, then niggas will be like, bro, that shit was fine. They don't get all the, pro- the food the, was the good. Is, yeah. yeah, like oh my god, I I know I booked some fire ass talent, so the show was dope. Mm-hmm. Like the vibes were good. The people who were there, like the people I showed up to listen to talk, I they actually know what they're talking about because like. I always tell people I don't, I don't, I just don't fuck with whack shit. So if somebody's gonna be in my shit, it's like, cause I know that they're gonna deliver. Yes. So yes. it's just like, yeah, man, I completely understand that, and just yeah, had that, just I mean, I've had that moment before, but just had it like yesterday, uh-huh. cause I was just like, man, dog, like, and also once I'm just like, man, this is a totally different scale. This is a totally whole, different, yeah, avenue a different feeling. You, yeah, and yeah. I mean, we got different levels to the things that we're doing. Like if I was to ever put out a, a work of, uh art that was an album in a, a form of audio or visual or anything like that right. like I would feel you know it would be a different feeling right. you know what I'm saying like and this is not your first time doing an event but I think this is the first time you did something like this yeah and definitely the first time I like cared as much the other thing I cared about every like going smoothly because I just I care right but also just like this is also just kind of it didn't cost me anything it was I didn't want so and because it didn't cost me anything I didn't want to make it cost anybody else much so I didn't charge much mm-hmm. so I wasn't really caring about money right and right. I didn't charge anybody else to be there so it's really just like hey homies that are creative let's go hang out and this is I guess like the iteration of me trying to take that and be like okay let's try to take it a step further let's see if you can do this on a regular basis and 
like you always I always have good ideas of what how a good event will go mm-hmm. and I've been a part of in so many different ways be it performer host or throwing something of an event I know how to do that properly so it's like just fuck it just start throwing your own shit like why not yeah cause you know creative people and that's dope to be able to reinvest in them whether it's having my homie you know debut something at my shit or whether it's having my homie come through and debut some new music at my mm-hmm, shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I'd rather pay my friends or find a way to get them paid than anybody else. And um, that uh, that also kind of brings me to, uh, maybe one of our last topics, just because maybe, 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 we'll see. Um, but I saw this post and I posted it. And uh, it's essentially just kind of like, just like a list of shit. And it kind of spirals off, you know, both of our, our you know, essentially I can just ditto everything you said about uh, my connection to Nipsey as well. Um, it, it, but to me, it kind of made me think of Nipsey. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the post essentially says, believe in your fucking self, stay up all fucking night, work outside of your fucking habits, know when to fucking speak up, fucking collaborate, don't fucking procrastinate, get over your fucking self, keep fucking learning, form follows fucking function, a computer is a light bright for bad ideas, find fucking inspiration everywhere, fucking network, Educate your fucking client. Trust your fucking gut. Ask for fucking help. Make it fucking sustainable. Question fucking everything. Have a fucking concept. Learn to take some fucking criticism. Make me fucking care. Use fucking spell check. (laughs) Do your fucking research. Sketch more fucking ideas. The problem contains the fucking solution. Think about all the fucking possibilities. And that made me think of Nip. Just with the idea of just... All, if, you're, if you're doing all that, 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 that don't sound like something that's quick. That sounds like a marathon. Right. And, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and it just made me think of like, just like you said, it's just this. anytime I read anything about Nip, it was talking about like this the confidence that he had because of his just belief in himself. And, mm-hmm. and the fact that he was just, like he said, he was just going to be relentless in his attack of trying to get it. And I feel like that breeds a certain type of confidence when you're just like, yo, I will literally die trying to do this then I'd rather die trying to do this than die just not, not trying. trying. Yeah, yeah, man. I think that I like I like what you just read a lot. And, and one of the lines on it that actually stuck out to me when I read it, I immediately thought of you, was fucking collaborate. And I, I and just one of the, another post I was reading was talking about how network with the people who are at your level. Mm-hmm, because exactly. rich people or people who are where you want to be, whether it's not rich, but they have a successful business or they have a blueprint to something that you want to follow, they work with their friends. Mm-hmm. Everything that they do, they have a person in their mind to say, hey, if I'm going to put this movie out, ooh, I know a producer. Ooh, I should call my friend that does this with this camera. Ooh, I should, they know somebody. They have a network of people that they think, ooh, I can call that person when I need to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Or, ooh, I can call that person when I just want to run an idea past them because I trust their opinion on whatever this is, um, whatever this venture may be. And um, that, you know, always makes me think of you because you definitely are down to fucking collaborate and definitely down to like, anytime I have an idea, I know I can bounce it off of you, whether it's an event or, you know, merch uh, or, you know, whatever, like you're down to just talk about that shit and mm-hmm. it usually come bring something to fruition. And uh, so, yeah, that, that post made me think of it, but it also made me think of you. Thank you. That's that's pretty awesome. I I 
that part did stand out to me too <clears throat> because I'm all about that and you just explained it is uh it makes sense to me it's it's the way that we kind of were brought up me and my sister and my cousin just as far as you know we all we just that's who we have mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying if you wanted to have fun you need to talk to somebody you needed to you were hungry hit up right like you know I was the oldest right but <clears throat> it kind of put me in a position to think about um, just the people that we have you know right. what I'm saying like when I look around I think the people that you know the people that you think you want in your circle or that you probably already have them in your circle right you just haven't been wow, yeah. you know it's like you want uh, a point guard and you're looking all the way over there, but there's a point guard sitting on the couch with right, you. Right, exactly. We have the team. We need to practice. And people need to figure out their positions. Right. You right. didn't know. You didn't even know that he can. this person can do that. Right. Um, we're not speaking to each other in that creative lane. So I think that when a lot of people think about, I, I need to get my shit together and get a team together and start producing this, that, and the other, they do what they can and they try to do as much as they can, and then they uh, they try to present that to somebody else to get them on their team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's I, I don't blame them for it at all. It's yeah. not it's not unnatural to aim high and aim for you know you see the type of product you want to put out and who's producing it. Right. Okay. So you're like, let me send this idea to them. To them. But it's right. like, nah, man. Like, if you do everything. No, like and keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? If you yes, don't quit, yes. Then that person is looking for the next person to invest their money in because they know they can't do it forever. So put your shit out. Yeah. And that's how to, they'll find you. That's how you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. And that's what I'm in the practice of doing is putting products out. It's, getting things to be uh from from idea to production. Right. To a chance at it being a real life thing and for it to go somewhere. So like, one thing you said that sticks out that stuck out one thing you said that stuck out to me is um it's interesting. So I um I have an older brother, but I'm like you know my brother. Mm-hmm. But I'm essentially like almost like an only child just because of the age difference. Right. So my thing when I was growing up was if you want something done, you gotta do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Because nobody else is gonna do that shit. You know what I'm saying? So my was so that that um the idea of building a team and collaborating is something that I I mean played sports growing up but never thought about it creatively mm-hmm. and so it's something that I just like probably came to the conclusion maybe in the last two years it's like that's something that's that's something you need to be doing is networking is key you know what I'm saying like like fucking collaborate like collaborate, that's, that's yeah. yeah so that's and interesting the collaborations are a product of networking and that's actually you know networking became cool for a while the word the term it's a networking we're, we're just out here networking mm-hmm. you know but the difference is, what is your intent? Why are you collecting this information and the contact information? Like, well, yeah, what are we networking like, for? Right. Are you going to sit down tomorrow and really, like, you know, invest time into seeing the product that the guy said he, he does or what he offers and this, that, and the other, and then follow up? Like, that follow up is, I think that's the That's the most the, important part. And you have to. Having a bunch of ideas and not, like, executing on them or following up with them is, like, kind of the most sad and biggest waste of time. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I agree. And But some people get into the motion of that, and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. That is that is their creation, their creative process. Like, 
you know, this idea, these ideas, that idea, right. almost here, almost there, almost right here. Right. Can we can we get some shit out? Can we actually stop? Like, it's nobody else but us. If I wanted to work with you so bad and it wasn't happening, what did I want out of that? Mm-hmm. I have to still continue to get it somehow from maybe somebody right, else. Right, exactly. I can't let my... Did I just want to work with you or did I want to put out this thing? Right. Because if I really want to put out this thing, I can do that without you. I can find a way to do that. And I can... And we can still create... I'm not going to say it's a scratch because it is... Right, yeah, we can work on something something in the future. Yeah, but I'm... I'm ready whenever you are, but mm -hmm. this train's moving. Exactly, exactly. And that's what's been going on. Um, I think that's the missing step in a lot of creative processes. But collaboration... Is is a big one for me, but that what you read was very inspiring because it just that with the fucking and like it just means like just do it. It just means like enough's enough. Right. That's what I got from that, you know. And what you thought you had to do, you do have to do, and you should just go ahead and start doing it. You know. We knocked out two topics on accident in one. So I'm gonna do one more and then we will close it down. Um, before I do anything else, I just wanted to send a shout out to the Dallas poetry community. Um, just to, you know, it's got to be said, RIP Rage Almighty. Um, it's crazy. Anytime somebody passes away, it, it puts a battery in my back because it just, not only do I miss them and so I feel like I gotta put on for them, but I'm also um, just re- just a reminder of how fleeting life is and uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta get to it while you can and make, you know, to me, I'm a big thing I'm always thinking about is legacy. Like what? What am I leaving behind when I'm gone? Um, you know, same thing with Nip. That's another thing that not only did his message reach me, but also just him him going was just like, damn, dog. That that was somebody who's I've been watching him get to it since I was fucking in college. My first exposure to him was seeing you know hustle in the house. I was like, who is this cat that looks like fucking Snoop? Mm-hmm. Like, and then just liking his music, and then from his music starting to hear his ideology, and then falling in love with that even more than the music. I mean. Love love the music, but I was also just like, bro, this nigga's talking about something. Um, and so when he went, it was just like another reminder of how fleeting life is. And he was, I mean, the world was finally starting to see him get to it the way I'd been, I'd been watching him get to it for years. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, shit. They're starting to get him. It's like, yeah, this nigga's, he ain't quit. So <clears throat> Rage was the same way. Um, last time I saw Rage was at a poetry slam in, I believe that was the last time I saw Rage. Definitely last time I talked to him for real. I was at a poetry slam in Washington a couple years ago, too long ago, and yeah, I hadn't spit in a really long time. I was kind of off of competitive poetry because it just it was giving me weird vibes at the time. I was just in a different space. I'd done it for a long time, and you know, gotten kind of weary with that race. And it was just like, man, you get so like you said, you get so close to something, and then it doesn't happen, and it just kind of frustrates you. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of like lost my mojo for a while. But he saw me and was just like, man, I haven't seen you perform in a really long time so good to see you perform like I love seeing you perform and then yeah man you just killed it like it was good seeing you and it was just like damn and just felt really good from you know it always feels good from another artist you respect and you yeah. respect their work mm-hmm. for them to be like man good to see you do your shit again because I fuck with your shit too right. so man I know you guys are hurting the uh, Dallas poetry community so definitely send them love and uh, light out to you guys because he definitely will be missed um, <clears throat> so had to do that for sure R.I.P. Rage Almighty Definitely left a legacy. Uh, he's all over YouTube. Type in his name, just how it sounds. R A G E Almighty, um, and uh, yeah, go hear some some fire ass poetry. Run his numbers up, and then and keep that legacy going for sure. Um, but uh, rolling off of uh, of that, um, uh, so hmm. 
trying to decide if you want to do something kind of silly. Or do we just want to wrap like a real deep, in-depth, serious podcast? I guess we can wrap a really deep, in-depth, serious podcast. Because uh, we've been there like an hour and a half. Like I said, I was surprised. <laughs> surprised, but but not surprised at how easily <coughs> that hour and a half went. So uh, we, can, yeah. we, can, we can definitely wrap that. And uh, for the last part of it, just say anything you got coming up. <coughs> got this cough. <coughs> okay. Anything you got coming up you want to shout out? <coughs> Yes. Um, let me start by talking about the collaborations. Um, one that just came out. Oh my gosh, my voice. Hold on. <coughs> oh my goodness. I ain't even lit the joint, which is why it's so funny. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what happened. That's just that's just Texas allergies. That's so yeah, <laughs> some cedar that was back down in your throat and somehow just, came just back up. Like a drip or something. Just like damn, pause. It got me. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, um, just came out with the <laughs> this voice. I'm just gonna go ahead and get through this. <laughs> just came out with this round two <laughs> of a collaboration with Outlaw. It's a music record label brand in Austin. Um, shout out to Young JB. So we just dropped that on uh, Tuesday. Uh, this coming up Wednesday, October 23rd, I got another collaboration with DJ j coming out. Uh, DJ j the people's DJ. Um, he's a DJ that's on the scene in Austin that has been breaking records from local people, local artists, and mixing them just like mainstream, like everybody else's music, and really like putting it in that light where you can vibe to uh, the baby, and then you heard somebody from Austin, and then another Austin cat, and then we going right back to you somebody, know, yeah, somebody, some, somebody mainstream yeah, artists, some more right? mainstream shit. So he's mixing <coughs> it and matching. I like that. That's he's dope. really is that's the way to do I it. I enjoy that. Yeah, he's, he's the DJ that did, did the last kicking it with my people, and when Damo was out here, right? Uh, yeah, the scratch back. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, a scratch house. Excuse me, scratch house. Scratch back. Excuse me. <laughs> um, then November first. Me and Marze, we dropping that creative as adults and two cranes collaboration. I'm really excited. This is our second it. collaboration. It is our second one. The first one went really well. Mm-hmm. And we should bring that first one back in some different colors. I'm down. I'm down. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then I have I really another. I hope this video comes out well so y'all can see the look cuz just gave me. <laughs> yeah, <I'm not. laughs> we should do that. Yes. Both eyes. Come on. You see me? <laughs> Looking at you. So. <laughs> Um, those three, and then I have, um, <coughs> we have a, a, I'm finally coming out with something. Ooh, almost said it. Should I say it? Uh, yeah. Ooh. Give me no? two yes. what, are the, what is this dropping? This, we can, uh, Realistically. Realistically, like Sooner that. than later. Sooner than later. Probably like okay. next week. Hey, if you heard it here, then you heard it here, goddamn. You know what I'm Okay. We got Joyce by Raheem Socks coming out. Ooh. Really excited about it. Ooh, um, we and then waiting uh, on me. <coughs> some, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I also got a collaboration shirt coming out with DJ Manny Mo. Manny is a DJ in Austin. He's also a rapper of a part of a group. I forgot the group's name. My bad, Manny. He's a host on uh, Heat Check for uh, WBM Pro Radio. Shout out to them. They featured some of my music before. Mm-hmm. So shout out to shout them. Out to them. Um, but Manny is just an awesome dude. I've known him for a long time. 
and um, the message is like he he tweets every day, and every he is day very he, active on Twitter. He's on <laughs> he's on there, and I enjoy following him. And one tweet that he tweets pretty often is "Good morning, babies, babies, we up, we alive." And when we sat down to talk about it, he told me that it was just a it's like an inspirational quote or tweet that he puts out there just for uh, when he thinks about like his family back home and people that are going through different struggles that you know aren't like first world problems or right. even just things that we may not think about every day or even to the things that you are dealing with every day so mm-hmm. it's just like we up we alive you know good morning you up you alive right let's do this you know kind of thing i feel that um so yeah that's why i'm really hyped about that collaboration with him and then I got we got this satin bomber jacket coming out. I seen that. That's with Elevate Recording Studio and White Mask, uh, the the uh, engineer at that at that studio. So shout out to White Mask. He actually shot a video for me and T Fly, uh, aka Black great, Child. Uh, the Two Fly. Yeah, the Two Fly. So the yeah, fly again that, that networking shit, man. That's just real. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's four, five. That's five collaborations and. A product of my own coming out, and uh, I'm dropping that. I'm dropping the socks on my birthday, which is November 9th. The shirt between me and Zay, between me and you, that's going to be available November 1st. It is, it is. The J Rowe shirt is coming, I mean, hat is coming out on October 23rd. Manny Moe, his product is ready. We're not, we haven't set a date, but it might be November 9th as well. Uh, likewise with the jacket. So, yeah, that's what we got going on right now. Um, and really, I'm excited because all these are coming out, all these projects are ready and they're coming out, and I still have AOG5 lined up ready to drop. I haven't been able to drop it yet, so, uh, once we, once we get this going, right before South By, hopefully we drop the AOG5. Lined up, signed, sealed, and delivered, man. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, November 1st, uh, we definitely are dropping that that collaboration. I'm super hype about that. That shirt is going to be so dope. Um, yeah, fuck it. I mean, it, it's the first podcast, and, and might as well, you know, let all the cats out the bags. So um, we're dropping it November 1st. November 1st through 3rd, uh, we're actually, I'm having a creative-ass weekend. Essentially, it's going to be a networking event. Um, we got Jake Lloyd and his band, as well as um, Black Child and her band. They're going to come through and perform. Um, we're going to have some panels with uh, some uh, some small business owners, or some creative small business owners here in Austin. Um, I got Raheem speaking on that panel, uh, talking about Joints by Raheem, talking about his clothing brand, getting more in-depth into you know his, his, his journey with that, as well as uh, Miss Tia Williams, who is the director and creator of the series Gentrified, that is coming. I'm super, super excited for that project. I've seen enough to know that I'm gonna fucking love that shit and she's um, come a very long way and I've, I've got to witness a small part of that journey so really excited to hear what she has to say as uh, as well as, as well as Reno Dudley here in Austin who is a, a manager um, of a couple of different local acts her his most um, you know uh, known one being Miss Alicia Lani who has uh, worked with uh, both of us and is an amazing singer shout out to her she's I've watched her journey literally from I feel like one of her first shows out at Spinners to she literally just played ACL so dope to see and uh, and he's been there you know for a big part of that journey especially as she's been um, you know moving around here in Austin and, and getting her name out there and out of Austin now like touring <coughs> and, and you know she just won a big thing she's actually thinking about to go overseas so 
super hyped for her and uh, and really ex- interested to hear what he has to say as well about how he's built his business. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna have good food, we have some barbecue, we have some drinks, we have some games, uh, got some prizes for you know shit like beer pong. I'm winning and, that. And, oh yeah, I already knew when I said it, he was gonna chime in. <laughs> so we got some, we got some prizes for beer pong tournament. We got some prizes for, uh, for some dominoes, some Uno, and uh, and you know we're just gonna have a good ass fucking time. And we're gonna have some good people out there that you can meet that have talents that you might find useful, and uh, you can you know start looking into maybe building your team. Um, Austin's super creative. Austin's you know super artistic. But I do feel like, you know, it, it's getting to a point now where Austin doesn't necessarily have uh, spaces for people that look like me. And I want to make sure that, you know, we know we're out here. And we know that there's people you can work with out here and you can start building that team with, uh, with people out here that I, I trust and uh, I respect. And, um, and I'm willing to put them on a, a place where other people can find them and, and, you know, figure out the things that I know about how dope they are. So that's going down on the first weekend in November. Um, tickets literally just went live. So you can uh, follow, um, you know, uh, me at at Zayzerwriter. That's Z A I S R. Excuse me, Z A I S W R I T E R underscore. And um, I'll also follow Creative Ass Adults. That's uh, Creative with two eights. So C R E eight eight T I V E Ass Adults. And uh, you'll find ticket info there, as well as on Facebook. It's Eventbrite. So you know, shit's easy to use. We all know how to use Eventbrite and Facebook events. All that shit's easy to find. Um, and then also, you know, Raheem, shout out anything you want people to follow? Oh, yeah. Follow me on Instagram at JoinsXRaheem. Um, you can follow the shop page, ShopJXR. And, uh, yeah, my name is Raheem Adegbi. You can follow me on Facebook. I got a couple of updates going out on there as well. Twitter at Hemerson, H-E-E-M-E-R-S-O-N. And uh, I also want to give a shout out to Mike D., um, I'm wearing this Be Yourself hat. It's a design I did for uh, an event that he threw for the kids in the community yes. in East Austin. And it was uh, last weekend. It was awesome. A lot of kids came through. We so had dope. free pizza, free hats, free shirts um, for our t- the first 250 kids. We did a raffle with like... Gave away free sneakers. Yeah, and man. It was, it was the better raffle I've, as a sneakerhead. is one of the better raffles I've ever seen when it comes to sneakers because not only did he give away sneakers, he essentially gave away gift cards that were like personalized because their photo was with them so nobody else could use it but them. And it was a gift card so they got to go pick the shoe they wanted. Right. Like it wasn't just like we have the same shoe with a bunch of different sizes. You mm. can pick it. And no, you know, we decided it's what you want. Yep. You know what, how much money you got? You go pick it. Exactly. I thought that was that was super dope. That was one of the cooler raffles I've ever seen. Man, yeah, he he put a lot of work into it and it came out really well. So uh, this is a product from that. Uh, this is a hat that I I did the design. I did on the sponsorship, as far as contributing to the event, and um, it was it was awesome to see all the kids running around and having uh, having a blast. So shout out to Mike D. Um, and the event was called the Juju Classic, and um, it's going to be an annual event. So we'll yeah. be having another one next year. I'll be contributing where I can, as I can, and I uh, just want to see that thing grow as big as, as possible. So, um, yeah, so my Instagram, my, my Twitter, follow all of that, and I'll be around. Word, word. Um, well, thank you, sir, for uh, taking time out of your day. We got to jet out of here because we got to go, uh, go support another homie. Creative Diggs is dropping his zine today, so. No, that's tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah, October oh, 19th. I thought he was doing it today. Damn, I hope I can. I think I'll still be able to make it. I tried to boogie through that thing. I thought it was tonight. Uh-uh. That's why I was trying to rap by a certain time, too, because I thought this thing was tonight. No, it's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. Oh, I, yeah. I think I can still make it. 
Yeah, we should be done by then. Because I'm performing tomorrow at a at Jamaica Jackson's event at Hanover's. I would be there as well. Yeah, yeah. so we're both going to be at that tomorrow. Shout out to her. Yeah. She's also doing it for a good cause. From one to four? I'm going to be there, so I go on it for like two to two it's to six. from two to six. Two I to go six. on it for. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be at Hanover's. Um, so I'm hyped. Probably this podcast will probably drop after it. So um, maybe on the next podcast, talk about how it went because I'm really excited. Um, it's also for a good cause. It's for the homeless. So shout out to her. People, you know, not only putting their money in their passions, but giving back shout out to her and Mike Debo for that that's super dope um, but yeah but hey man it'll probably drop after this as well but um, you know shout out to, to Diggs I thought that was going to be tonight so I was trying to get out of here but ooh, I hope I can make it tomorrow either way this podcast is probably dropping after both these events so maybe in the next podcast I'll have a recap of how both of those went shout out to all three of those individuals doing their thing um, this was the first episode of the Creative Ass Podcast um, shout out to Joints by Raheem shot by JXR for being the first guest um, we don't get used to guests. I don't like everybody, so we might not be talking to people all the time. Y'all might just be hearing me. But for the intro, uh, I want to do something with my guy. Thank you for being here, sir. Love you. You already Love know you what too. it is. Thank you. Um, yeah. So follow uh, Creative Ass Adults on uh, Instagram, and this podcast will be coming to SoundCloud near you, and uh, and uh, Anchor, so Spotify, all that good shit. So uh, yeah, swag out, and thank you guys. Have a good day. Peace. Peace.